Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobi here, ready to bring you chapter 98 of Radiance, my original Fallout fan fiction. As always, I do hope you've been enjoying this little tale from the Fallout universe that I've been weaving for us all. And as always, if you can like, share, and subscribe to this wherever you can, either f- and leave feedback either fanfiction.net, archiveofrun.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. I always read your comments and I do always enjoy your feedback. So if you can take your time out and just leave me a little something, it's always well appreciated. And if you do go to ghostnobody.com, check out Stormrider while you're there. I mean, if you're into dragonesses, orcs, elves, combat, ancient Norse mythology and a bit of pagan thrown in there for good measure, hey, you can't go wrong, right? Pick it up, you might find something you like. And also while you're there, check out the ghostly link section. Pop on over there and grab yourself a copy of Mortis, my original tale novel that sells on both Amazon and on Smashwords. Help support me and keep me doing what I love, bringing unlikely alien romance stories to you good people. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first, the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout or anything to do with it, that's all Bethesda. I just keep the crazy tales. They're all for me. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 98. Painting by Numbers. Pity the handsome one went and got himself killed, don't you agree, brother? Yui said, throwing a tennis ball against the wall of the MCV over and over and over again as she leaned back into her chair. Number eight, or Philip, as he'd chosen for himself, sighed heavily and leaned back into his own chair. I've told you not to call me that. Just because we're part of the same programme and now team doesn't mean we're related. He said in Fuller's voice, making Yui laugh. Yui was not her real name, or at least as far as they knew, but a name that she'd chosen for herself while in confinement. Yui caught the ball and turned to grin at him. What's wrong, brother? Ashamed of our little fucked up family, are you? She asked and he scoffed. Not at all. We're the pinnacle of creation, and we're going to prove it by taking down the renegades. And it will be our efforts that finally propels the Enclave back into the seat of power that finally pulls this country back together. And maybe everything else too, Philip said, perfectly reciting the spiel that had been hammered into his brain so hard every day that it caused an itch in his mind of even so much as thought about questioning it now. Yeah, yeah, I know. But sometimes I do wonder. What if we're wrong about them, you know? Yui said quietly, glancing around to make sure they weren't being observed. But the two soldiers from the ESF were in the command room, monitoring both the sensors and the radios while the rest of the team were out in the field. Philip looked up from his maps, where he'd been trying to plot out a projection for where Seven and Three's team could possibly show up again, from all the reported sightings of them from the civilian populace as well as other sources. That's dangerous thinking. And you know it's forbidden, Yui. Do you want Dr. Chalmers to have another little attitude adjustment on you again? He hissed in a quiet voice. There was a sudden flash, and the tennis ball in Yui's hand caught on fire. She began to throw it at the wall again, as if it was nothing wrong with it. Well, basically, it drew a large figure of eight in the air, in the smoke trailing off it now. I don't need my attitude adjusted, Philip. It's just a question, nothing else. I know the importance of our mission and our role. You don't need to keep reminding me, she said, sounding pretty irritated. Sorry, 
I just don't want you to end up in the chamber again, Philip said softly, feeling a tremble pass through his body at the mere mention of that place, let alone the memory of it. A flash of anger chased a shiver, and that was aimed at number seven and at number three, because it was because of their selfishness that Dr. Charm had built the place in the first place. It was the price of their betrayal. Yui sighed heavily. I know, Philip, and I didn't mean to take it out on you. I just wonder these things sometimes, you know, she said softly as she summoned the ball of water to follow over the tennis ball, extinguishing it before it evaporated the water into steam and she continued to bounce it. Yeah, I know, and yeah, I do wonder myself too sometimes. But we have to trust our betters, Huey. They know what's best for us and for the country. They're trying to save everyone and to rebuild the place. We know the sacrifices that have to be made so that peace and order can be re-established, he said, and she nodded. So it is true that they're going to send you out to the railroad tomorrow, then? She asked, and he nodded. Yeah, they're out there right now capturing that woman who trained Fuller. She's going to tell me everything I need to know, and then tomorrow I'll take over for her. Then we can properly learn what the hell happened out there, and hopefully pick up from where Fuller left off before he got himself killed. He said, and Huey nodded, sighing heavily. Was a shame he got himself killed. Kinda liked him. He was pretty. And he didn't give us the same kind of looks as the others do. Huey said, squeezing the ball in her hand and making the rubber flex and squish in her palm. Yeah, I kinda know what you mean, Philip said, remembering the distrust and disgust they'd seen in the eyes of his so-called teammates ever since they'd arrived. I don't want to be looked at like I'm something nasty that someone stepped in and asked to scrape off their boot, Philip. I mean, what's it going to take to show these people that not only are we on the same side, but it's our job to protect them? Huey said, and Philip shrugged. Dunno, maybe they'll believe when we take down seven and three, I suppose. He said, and she sighed heavily and breathed on the ball in her hand, freezing it solid before setting it on the desk, now frozen into a squashed shape. That's when her face brightened up. You know what? You're right, Philip. I'm going to show them. I'm going to take down number seven and number three myself. And then they're going to have to believe. She exclaimed and Philip laughed. And he looked at her with a raised eyebrow. All by yourself, huh? No help. He said, obviously joking, but she simply nodded and he truly couldn't tell whether she was joking or not. Admire your dedication to our cause, Huey. But you've got to be smart about this. Seven and three might be renegades, but they're powerful, and you know it. You've seen firsthand what the pair of them can do from the reports we've read and the photos and videos we've seen. You saw Seven's resilient training videos the same as me. The man can take punishment like none of the rest of us can, and he's gotten only stronger since he became a traitor, he said. I know that, but, she began, but Philip cut her off again. And then there's three. If she gets into your head, what are you going to do? Pop her your own head off and shake her out? Philip scoffed and knew he snarled. But he could see her thinking that one over. I'll figure something out, she said finally. He snapped his fingers and pointed at her. Exactly. We need a plan on how to deal with those two properly. Otherwise we're going to be in a world of shit up to our necks. Those two are no joke, Huey. They aren't training dubbies or captive death claws or super mutants. 
You can't just throw lightning at them and hope they'll sit still while you, like they do when they hit the chains up super mutants. You need to be smart, you need to think, and you need to be cunning. He said, and Yui looked at him thoughtfully before nodding. I can do that, she said. And before he could say another word, she got up and headed off to her bedroom, making Philip sigh. That girl really was going to wind up being the death of him. Yui laid on her bed with so many thoughts swirling around in her head, clashing like two armies in her skull. On one side there was her loyalty to the Enclave, to the people who had not only given her life but these amazing gifts. And on the other, there was a plethora of questions that kept sneaking through those little battle lines to hit her when she least expected it. Like she kept wondering why Seven and Three had done it. Why had they escaped and run away from this life? What was in it for them that they'd given up on being instruments that rebuilt a country and saved its people from themselves? That restored order and peace to this great place? What could possibly be strong enough to lure them away from that? She kept remembering the face of Seven in her head, and more than once the face of young Corporal Fuller snuck into her mindscape as well. She was actually rather sad that he was gone. He'd been the only one on the team who'd actually spoken to them with actual kindness and respect in his voice, rather than the false graces that the others gave out of suspicion and fear. Well, she was going to show them all who the true child of the Enclave was soon enough. The next day, the team dragged in a woman that called herself Mouse. She'd been the one who trained Fuller and evaluated him for acceptance into the railroad. She was unconscious when they strapped her into the metal chair in the interrogation room. Though Yui knew there wasn't going to be much of an interrogation going on, to be fair. She was actually kind of looking forward to seeing their faces when they saw the true extent of Philip's power. This was going to be quite a show. The woman who called herself Mouse had woken up now, and she struggled against the restraint of the chair. Hey, you fuckers, let me go! Who the fuck do you think you all are dragging a person in off the streets like this? She yelled as the team, including you, he watched through the one-way mirror. Philip entered the room and the woman glared at him. I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but when I get free I'm going to... But she, she began, but she fell silent as Philip simply walked up to her and placed a hand on the side of her face. Almost immediately her eyes rolled back into her head and she began to convulse and froth at the mouth. Not a minute later, Philip let go of her and before their very eyes his entire body morphed into an absolutely perfect replica of the woman in the chair. So perfect was the copy that even his clothes now hung off his much smaller and lighter body. Thank you for your cooperation, citizen. I'll be sure to put this information to good use. I'm sorry about this, I truly am. Just know your sacrifice is for the good of our country and it will help us bring peace to this fine nation. Philip said in Mouse's voice, exactly one second before he raised a plasma pistol in his hand and fired it, reducing her to a pile of smoking green goo in her chair. Each and every one of the ESF soldiers was stunned into silence, all staring at him through the glass. Eventually, the leader of the group spoke. If he could do that the whole time, why the hell did you guys let me send Fuller in there to get killed? She demanded, turning to glare at Yui. Simple. We didn't know who the players were, who to target. Now we do, she replied flatly, glaring right back at her. 
the power-armoured woman simply huffed and glared at the rest of, uh, like the rest of her troops did. Fine. We're going to take him, uh, her, fuck, whatever the hell it is, back to the railroad. You stay fucking here, and you two, you're on guard and radio duty. She said, pointing to the two members of the team at the back, for stomping off of the rest of them in tow. Yui felt a grin spelled on her face. Oh, that had been glorious. Now Philip was going to show them exactly what their kind could do for the Enclave. It was much quieter around the base without Philip or the others about. The two had been left behind with the, two, with the large tall black man that everyone called Sarge and the Texan guy. And they'd locked themselves in the command centre, pretty much leaving Yui to her own devices. So she decided to head outside for a breath of fresh air and a bit of a walk. She knew she didn't have to worry about Philip, as mimicry was what he did. Hell, he'd actually managed to convince the entire team that he was her for a day, already playing fuck with her heads by walking into one room before she walked out of another one. It was actually kind of funny in a cartoonish kind of way. But she couldn't help but worry about him sometimes. He was just so lost in his dedication to the Enclave that sometimes she wondered if he ever had any real thoughts of his own, or if they were all just programmed into him. After all, he'd spent more time in the chamber than just about any one of the rest of the numbers. As she walked through a patch of trees just off the base to find a place to sit and look up at the moon, she heard something behind her. Or rather, she heard something fall silent. As she turned around, she saw all the lights of the base had gone out. The place was just completely dark. Just as she was about to head back to see if she could jumpstart the generator, there was a heavy thud that sounded like a suppressed gunshot, or rather, a suppressed gear shot. For a moment she stood frozen, wondering if her mind was playing tricks on her. Or at least she did until a satellite dish that was sat on top of the vertebrate simply exploded in a shower of sparks and collapsed in on itself, indicating the shooter had hit the mountains holding the bottom of the dish in place. This was no accident. This was an attack. They were under attack. Yui began to run full tilt back towards the base, but she just about reached the perimeter walls before she heard a massive series of heavy thumps directly ahead of her that she realised were a series of high-velocity shots hitting the vertebrate, or rather by the smell that sharply hit her in the back of the throat, the vertebrate's fuel tanks. Her brain barely had enough time to register the smell itself and the situation, and it was just by pure reflex that she saved her own life, because she surrounded herself with a shield made of water that absorbed the vast majority of the explosive force from the fuel tanks of the vertebrate going up just a second later but there was still more than enough energy to send her cartwheeling back through the air right back the way she'd come into the trees again, which she hit with enough force to jar her brain into a bowl of porridge inside her skull. As she sat there now helpless and her vision swimming, she saw flames on the bases burning and dancing high into the night. She saw the two power-armoured figures of her ESF comrades come running out of the now burning base, only to be hammered by automatic weapons fire from multiple directions all at once. But only, not only that, as they tried to evade the incoming fire, they ducked for cover, only to run smack bang into what appeared to be giant spider's webs that had been strung up in the areas that were only there 
enough to prove to prove cover out here. The sticky and nearly invisible webs wrapped them up and held them tight. Then they were just peppered with shots from the hidden shooters. The last thing she saw was a giant death claw, covered in what appeared to be some kind of weird-looking armour that was lit up by the flames of the burning base as it walked right up to the two stranded and defeated ESF soldiers, only to stab them both with his claws. Then everything just went black. When Yui awoke, the first thing that hit her was the bitter and acrid smell of burning plastic and scorched metal. And she sat up, her vision swimming and it slowly correcting itself. The first thing she truly saw was the smouldering remains of the base that had been their home for the time that they'd been here. She shakily forced herself to her feet and began to limp forwards towards the remains of the base. First thing she'd encountered was the bodies of both Sarge and Tex. Though for some reason the both hadn't just been left strung up like they had been last night. Somebody had not only cut them down, but removed their bodies from their now ruined power armour before wrapping it in silk cocoons that made her think of some kind of death shroud. The pair had been laid inside the outer perimeter out of sight from the outer of the outside of the base, and she couldn't help but wonder why their attackers would do such a thing. No raider would ever treat their victims with such care and respect. And then she froze as another memory slapped her across hard across the brain. The Death Claw. She'd seen an armoured Death Claw who'd ended both Sarge and Tex by stabbing them right to the titanium plating on their chest pieces. That's when she realised that this had all been a set-up, a very well-thought-out ambush. She looked at the scorched and melted satellite pylon and saw the damage from the high-velocity round that had smashed the mountains and severed their communications with either home or the rest of the team. The next set of rounds had been aimed at the fuel tanks of the hidden vertebrate, puncturing them and causing an explosion that not only crippled their means of escape, but set the whole remainder of the base that had set up on fire, forcing those inside out into the open. And as the two soldiers had run out of the main gates, they'd run straight into the line of fire of multiple concealed shooters, which even in their power armour had forced them to take cover, only to find that the only cover that they had had been laced with webbing that nearly immobilised them and left them helpless and trapped, just enough for a death claw to close in and finish them off without any kind of return fire. It had been perfectly thought out an ambush, executed ambush, that had cut them off now completely from home with no comms and no kind of escape. That's when it hit her. This was not the work of raiders. This was Seven's team. They were the only ones outside of the Brotherhood who had the know-how, the skill and the motivation, and most importantly, the balls to openly attack them like this. But how in the name of hell had they known where they were? Or how were they how they were here? Yui stood there with her head swirling with questions until something clicked. They'd waited and hit them until the base team was at its weakest, which meant that they knew that not only where they were, of what they were up to. Yui's breath hitched in her throat as she realised the significance of this. They were not the hunters as they'd believed. They were the fucking hunted. Before she even knew what she was doing, Yui summoned a swirling flame to her, 
surrounded her body with it, creating a swirling updraft, like a mini-cyclone made of flame. She channeled the air from the ground straight into the flaming funnel. Thanks to her rather light frame, didn't take much effort to create an updraft strong enough to lift her off the ground. The tricky part was actually aiming herself. She had to create a narrow tunnel like one of those pneumatic tubes that people used to put messages in a can into and had it shoot along a pipe towards another point where someone collected it. It was much the same sort of thing with the fire. She used this method and she discovered that not only could she fly, but she could move at rather incredible speed, covering massive amounts of distance and next to no time at all. To anyone looking up at her, from the ground she would just appear like a small flaming meteorite screaming across the sky as she focused her abilities to reach the rest of the team and warn them in time. And most importantly, to warn Philip. She had to reach Philip. But it seemed that fate had an odd sense of timing that day. As she reached the area where they were last supposed to be, she could hear gunfire from even as high as she was, and looking down she could see them far below her. But what she saw wasn't Seven and his team. What she saw was a sea of power armour. For as high as she was, it looked like a silver and black bullseye, with three black vertebrates circling it. The black centre was her team. It appeared that they were under attack from the Brotherhood of Steel, and they were vastly outnumbered and surrounded. And as good as they were, the ESF weren't bulletproof or immortal. Anger flashed through her, and she focused it into her power, feeling it move through her chest like a tingling, until, with a scream, she aimed her hand at the nearest vertebrate and sent a bolt of brilliant blue and white lightning into the back of it, hitting the engine facing her. The engine promptly exploded into a shower of flames and burning shrapnel, causing the vertebrae to spin out of control as the pilot fought to try and control the descent. The two power-armoured gunners simply jumped clear and onto the rooftops of the nearby buildings as the bird spun over it, before slamming into the side of another building and finally exploding. Ah, fuck you! Yui screamed, sending another bolt at the next one, with much the same result, except no one survived this crash, as the bird slammed right first into a tall high-rise building before dropping steep down like a burning brick and exploding on the ground. The third and final bird figured out where the fire was coming from, and the door gunners aimed up and fired on her, but this supreme heat from the cyclone of flames surrounding her that was keeping her in the air was way too hot for the lead bullets that hit it, simply melting them to slag before they got anywhere nearer. But maintaining not only her flight but her focus this long was sapping her energy rapidly. If she didn't end this fast, she was going to black out and wind up falling from the sky like a dead bird. Far below her, Yui could see the muzzle flashes of her team diminishing, one by one by one. The constant barrage of fire from the Brotherhood all around them was overwhelming them, and they were losing people. Yui's mind raced on what to do. On one side, her loyalty to the Enclave screamed at her to fight the enemies of the USA and to attack the Brotherhood. But on the other, her loyalty to her friend and what she truly did consider to be her brother, given that he was truly the only one who could understand her and what she'd been through was screaming at her to save him instead. 
the last bolt of lightning that took out the third and final vertebrate as it tried to flee. She flew down quickly to find a scene of utter carnage in the building that her team were held up in. The only person left alive now was the lieutenant, and she was firing her plasma minigun out of a window. But by the patchwork of holes in her armour, she hadn't gotten off unscathed herself. Nine? What the fuck are you doing here? She yelled over the din of the incoming gunfire that was hammering just above her through the window as Yui flew in and rolled to a stop, looking around at the slumped power-armoured bodies everywhere around her. But she didn't see Philip anywhere. They hit the base. The verdict and the comm systems are gone. They just missed me, Yui said as a bolt of green plasma shot over her head and scorched the ceiling high above her, setting fire to some of the old cracked paint. Fuck! The Brotherhood knows where our camp was, too? The lieutenant screamed in frustration, and Yui shook her head, grabbing a plasma pistol so she could blind fire out of the windows and make some of the troopers below take cover. No, it was Seven's lot. I saw a death claw. And there were spider's webs and the whole place just exploded before I even had a chance to fight back. Knocked me the fuck out. They must have thought I was dead or just didn't see me. The whole place is gone. Where's eight? Yui said. Wait, they knew? How the fuck could they know? Lieutenant yelled and Yui simply shrugged as she swapped the fusion battery on her pistol and continued firing. No idea. They must have done... Though because they waited for you guys to leave before they hit us like a fucking fat man shell. Both Sarge and Tex are just gone, Yui yelled back. Fuck! 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 Lieutenant screamed as she levelled her minigun out of the window and sprayed hot burning plasma down onto the incoming Brotherhood soldiers, causing them to take cover in the rubble. Where's eight? Yui asked again. Safe inside the railroad. We got him in before we accidentally stumbled into the nest of this fuck lot of fuckwits. We were sneaking around the back of him in our camp when somebody hit a trip mine, set off a fucking EMP grenade in a can. The fuckers had wired up both plasma and EMP in a set of cans on a stairwell, so that way no matter who tripped it, we'd get taken out, human or robot. They called in for backup instantly, and before we knew it, it was raining brotherhood. Fucking wrong place, wrong time. Bad bastard luck, that's all. Whole thing's gonna get done in by a simple piece of bad fucking luck. Gotta love it, she said bitterly. So what do we do now? Yui yelled. You took out those vertebrates. Can you do the same to those fuckers out there? The lieutenant asked and Yui glanced outside seeing at least twenty Brotherhood soldiers spread out and in cover, shaking her head realising there had to be double that considering she couldn't see the ones behind them. Maybe one or two, but after flying here and taking out those vertebrates, my power's almost spent. I got one, maybe two hits left in me before I go down, she said bluntly. The lieutenant nodded and pulled something off her belt, twisting a cap off it and pressing it down. She tossed it into another room, for Yui realised it was an enclave signal grenade. It would start sending a ping signal that would bounce off any relay satellite or relay range in range and get broadcast wideband she was calling in the heavy cavalry these fucking traitors want a fucking war I'll give them a fucking war but it ain't going to be one we're going to fight we'll leave that to our betters as for me I'm done lost too much blood already and unfortunately kid if I'm done so are you 
the lieutenant said before drawing her sidearm and levelling it at Yui's head. What, what, what are you doing? Yui exclaimed as she found herself staring down the barrel of the plasma pistol. Can't let you fall into enemy hands. Got strict orders. If we're overrun or you're about to be captured or, or taken out, just eliminate you. Can't let the Brotherhood or anyone else have this weapon. Wish I could say I'm sorry, but I'm really fucking not. Wish I didn't have to rely on freaks like you to fucking win this. But whatever gets the job done, I suppose. At least now I won't have to fucking look at you anymore. And at least I'll get to be the one that pulls the trigger on you. Fucking hybrid freaks. Makes me sick to my stomach they even have to let look at you, let alone put up with you. Or rely on you. You're an abomination. A stain on the enclave. And I'm really going to enjoy... The lieutenant began. But she never got to finish that sentence. Because from outside there was a terrific boom. And it took Yui a second to realise that there was now a rather large hole through the centre of the lieutenant's armour and her chest. She looked down at the hole running through her and the blood pouring out of it. Yui realised she could see directly through and outside the wall as well through the hole. Oh, was the last thing she said before she went face down into the blood and dust on the floor at her feet. It had been an anti-material rifle and Yui was gripped by fear as she realised they must have used some sort of thermal scope to see them through the wall. And now that this, the lieutenant was down, the only hot thing left in the room was her. Yuli barely managed to dodge the sh- out the way before the next shot re- cleaned through the wall and out the one behind her. Running on pure instinct and adrenaline, she ran for a window on the other side and dove through it, activating her flame tunnel as she did. She could feel how weak it was now. Her power was nearly spent, but she had to get away. It wasn't straight, clean or even, but she had no idea where the railroad entrance was and they never shared any of those details with her or Philip until they sent him in. Need to fucking know and all that, they'd said, and now she had absolutely zero fucking clue how to reach him or contact him. She was all alone, so she was going to have to use the very last of her power to get the hell out of there. Yui rocketed out of the city with half the Brotherhood firing at her as she flew, but thankfully her power held just long enough for her to not only be able to get out of range, but out of sight as well, before forcing her to land near some kind of swamplands. She'd seen an old fishing hut from the air through some thick fog that surrounded the place, and she'd landed at it quickly before heading inside and clearing the place. Eventually, when she was happy that it was clear, Yui collapsed and stared up at the wooden walls of the hut and stayed that way for hours as the exhaustion caught up with her hard, along with the fear and the dread too. She was alone now, no one to rely on but herself. She was being hunted not just by Seven's people, but by the Brotherhood of Steel as well. And she also had no idea how to reach Philip, given that he was inside the railroad, where they'd left him, he'd been hidden inside a suit of power armour, so his identity would be hidden in any case, So anyone saw, in case anyone saw his new face in the company of Enclave soldiers. So given that he was inside the railroad now, he was safe and his cover was hopefully intact. But that didn't answer the question of where the, what the hell she was going to do now. Something the lieutenant had said kept slapping her away at the back of her mind. 
how she had resented her, called her a freak, saying that she was glad that she was going to at least get to kill her before she died. Why did she want her dead? What had she ever done to her? All she'd ever done was be loyal to the cause, like she'd been trained and programmed to be. That's when the tears came, and once they started they simply wouldn't stop. Yui punched the wall and screamed at it in frustration before sinking back down to her knees. Had her entire team, the people she trusted to keep Philip and her safe, all wanted her dead for nothing more than existing all this time? As she leaned her head against the wall of the small hut with its single chair, hanging fishing nets, an old cast-iron stove, Yui began to see flashes of how the entire team had looked at her now, and Philip. Over and over and over again, the disgust, the barely-veiled hatred. There hadn't been people to them, just things. Disgusting things at that, that they'd had to put up with because they were ordered to. Things that they wouldn't hesitate to leave, bleed to death alone and scared in a ditch if they'd had the chance to. But that's when a face popped back up into her mind again. The one called Fuller. He hadn't looked at them like that. His eyes had been sympathetic, gentle, almost kind in a way. Did this mean that there were people out there who wouldn't look at her like a fucking beast or a fucking thing? She thought back to the enclave now, to Dr. Chalmers, when when she'd shown her the videos over and over again, to all the times and the lectures where she'd analysed her, to the times when she'd disciplined her for making mistakes. And that's when she saw it in her eyes too. They were an almost perfect mirror of the lieutenants. Even though she was the one who had created them, brought them into fucking being. She fucking hated them, just like everyone else did. She was the closest thing to a mother that any of them ever had, and she hated them more than anyone. She'd taken pleasure from hurting them, tormenting them, pushing them to their limits. It was like someone ripped the covers off someone sleeping with their head under a thick duvet, pulling them into a room filled with sunlight and blazing flood lamps. She hadn't been celebrating their successes because she was proud of them. She'd been doing it because of how much glory she would get from her bosses in the Enclave. She hated them just as much as everyone else did. Confusion and an anger like she'd never felt before in her life bubbled now inside Yui. It felt like her stomach was filled with molten metal. It felt like fire was running through her veins and boiling off her blood until only the flames remained. Well, if humanity hated and reviled her so much, two could play at that fucking game. Something in the back of her mind snapped like a twig as both the control device and brainwashing simply destroyed themselves trying to control the surge of pure hatred and anger that welled up within inside her. And they failed miserably. That's when another thought occurred to her. Seven and three must have known about this. This is why they'd gotten out when they'd had the chance. They'd run from it rather than be a part of it. But rather than help the rest of them to be free as well, they'd left them there to suffer at her hands and those hands had been infinitely crueler in the days following their escape. That they caused them this pain, that suffering, all those beatings of rage that Dr. Chalmers had taken out on them because of her own failings, they'd caused all of it. Yui suddenly knew what she had to do, 
and what she was going to do too. She knew the Brotherhood were hunting her, and so were Seven's people. Well, two could play at that game. She was not going to be the hunted any more. She was going to be the hunter, and she was going to find them all. And when she did, she was going to make them pay, in pain and blood and suffering for all that they'd made her feel, for every wound she or Philip had suffered, every insult that had been cut into her soul with the power of a heated plasma-tipped blade. She was going to show them all what true pain really was. She began to pace around the hut. Her first instinct had been to try and get into the air and start looking for them, but she knew that would be no good. A power would only fail her a hundred times before she even got wind of them like this. She needed all of her strength ready for when the fight did come. As much as he hated her burning, she knew Philip, what Philip had said was true. They needed to be smart and cunning with these two. They'd already shown exactly what they could do when they'd steamrolled over the Enclave troops like they were nothing more than tin soldier figurines. That's when something else that Philip had said rung in her head like a struck gong. A smart hunter doesn't hunt his prey. A smart hunter chooses his hunting grounds and makes his prey come to him. He fights with an advantage and knows both his prey and his terrain like he knows himself, he'd said. That's exactly what she was going to do now. She was going to make Seven and Three come to her. She'd make them all come to her. And when they did, this time it would be they who walked head first into an ambush. And it would be she who closed the trap on them. This time, they were going down for good. Ooh, that was chapter 98, ladies and gentlemen. Seems like Seventh and Wisp might have a bit of rivalry and a bit of a problem on their hands now. Looks like another number set has entered the fray. And these ones are not going to be in a good mood. But will they be able to take them on? Will they be able to save them? Or will it be a fight to the death? But there will be only one way to answer those questions and so many more. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.